All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Changeover Tennis Podcast. This is the show where cousins, Ben and Evan, that's us, along with Evan's dog, give you expert tennis insights that you will never hear anywhere else in the world. Evan, how's it going today? It's going great today. Uh, I've got this makeshift setup here on my couch, so it's much more comfortable than we normally do this podcast. But um, it's sweltering hot out. It's like 100 degrees here in Indiana, and I'm, and I'm dying. But uh, other than that, feeling great. I've got a couple of tennis injuries I'm dealing with, but y- you know what? I guess it's not going great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, quick PSA for all of you out there who are playing tennis and you're at the ripe age of 29, you feel like you're still super young. Just, just make sure you stretch twice before you start playing a little bit of a warm up, and then make sure you stretch after you're done. Super important or else you're going to be sidelined with a grade two calf strain and it's going to really bum you out. So that's the the quick, quick PSA for today. But yeah, anyways, (laughs) absolutely brutal i still can't believe that happened i've been doing the brad gilbert warm-up routine ever since then 15 uh-huh. minutes before cool down after just to try and avoid it and i'm still feel pretty sore but it made yeah, me so mad terrible. because i actually did make it a point to do like some warm-up exercises you know like you know i don't know swinging your legs doing those kinds of things like dynamic warm-ups and then i i did like toe touches i did what we in soccer called flamingos where you pull your leg up and you stretch your quad. But I, com- I forgot like the one thing I forgot to stretch was my calves of all things. And normally it's not a problem, but this time I- it just blew out on me. It was-, it was terrible, but I'm on the mend. It's been about two weeks now, uh, two and a half. So no, two, two weeks today. So I'm hoping to play next week, um, but it's still probably not going to be at a hundred percent. But uh, yeah, just make sure you're being careful out there. Changeover communities behind you, Evan. You're gonna get Man. back out there no time. Oh, so but that <laughs> like, is. Right. And then I started a new tennis league that I haven't even been able to play in, so I'm gonna miss ah. out for the first two weeks. So yeah, I'm gonna so miss four games total, minimum. I also just started out in a USTA league and this thing called Gladiator Tennis that we have up here. And um, yeah, it's been it's been an interesting couple of weeks. We also have been weathering this midwest heat wave 9900 degrees in chicago which is brutal just like it is in indy and um i played my third match last night i was telling you i played the lefty version of john isner at the you know amateur club level he wasn't actually that tall he's probably like six five but i played two lefties in a row the last guy won for the first time this year and then this guy beat me four and four but I, i swear i think i've only played a lefty maybe one or two other times in my life and now i get two lefties back to back it's pretty crazy wasn't <laughs> expecting crazy. It. but yeah it was it was a hot one so evan i got some questions for you would you okay. rather would you rather see nick kyrgios win wimbledon 2022 or admit that thomas paul is a poor man's andre agassi <laughs> poor man's andre agassi <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> You're gonna have to pick one. Uh, oh man, 
I could I could have made I, the Tommy Payne one so much more interesting too, yeah. like a real Agassi. <laughs> poor man's Agassi. Poor man, yeah, the real Agassi. I'll go with you know what I'm gonna go with Tommy Paul just because I I really yes. want an adult to win that Wimbledon title. <laughs> How cool would that be? That would be just to have that chance. I'm gonna have to go Tommy Paul, but I I need a quick explanation. I need you to explain yourself essentially on this one. <laughs> Okay, I've been touting this conspiracy theory before, but if you go side by side and you watch the way that Agassi plays and you watch the way that Tommy Paul plays, I think there are striking similarities between their movement. <laughs> it comes with the footwork, comes with the short stroke two-handed backhand, and even the forehand, kind of like the lateral movement of it. I just think it looks similar. I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe the next time you see it, you know... Maybe you'll see it as well. I don't know. Think about it out there, changeover community. The next time you see Tommy Paul play, imagine that he is actually a poor man's Andre Agassi. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to be on the lookout for that one, too, because I did not <laughs> notice that. <laughs> he doesn't have the a... short back swing on his forehand that Agassi was famous for, does he? No, not so much. But it is kind of there. I think it's also because he's not that tall of a guy either. Um, but he, I guess he is like six foot six foot nothing or six foot one or something i guess he's a little taller than than i imagined him to be average. probably because the rest of the tour is so much taller today anyways yeah today on average maybe it's taller but now evan how about another one would you rather see thomas paul win wimbledon 2022 no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> or break your ankle like zverev <laughs> no <laughs> Because I just gave my reasoning for why why someone else can't win Wimbledon. So. That <laughs> worked out perfectly. It. Yeah, you, there, this there was some malice behind this question. I'm pretty sure there's no way I can't break my ankle. I was just telling you about how I can't get over a calf strain. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Uh, tell me. He has one good win over Vavrinka, who is still kind of coming back into form. And you're already trying to back him to win Wimbledon? <laughs> this is crazy. He just beat Serendolo in the third round Serendolo. of the Championship. Right. <laughs> How does he get these draws? How is he getting Serendolo on a grass court in Mallorca? I was shocked to see him in the seed list for Wimbledon, honestly. I guess I shouldn't be because he is ranked, but it still surprises yeah. me as well. It's a, he gets really good draws for whatever reason. And it's a weird thing, and we'll get into this later, but the seeds are, with so many people out of Wimbledon, you're going to see a lot more people seated that you probably wouldn't. He he would probably be seated anyway, though, right? Yeah, he's, I think so. I think so. Yeah, he's he's usually like teetering on the line, but this that might have bumped him up into it. For these 250-500s, it's really a good scenario because he has like that floater seed. So he is, it's usually solo yeah. or one of the last ones that you get. You get the advantages of being a seed, but you might not get the random people that sometimes play the top seeds. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But he does seem to get a good two or three rounds sometimes. Yeah, and that's, that's what that'll get you. You're going to get competitive matches the first couple rounds before you finally meet a guy um, you know, who's top five seed. So you picked him to win Wimbledon over breaking your ankle. That's where we landed on that one. <laughs> okay. Let's. I'm not officially gonna say that, but let's. Just say, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Evan has finally endorsed Tom's question. 
worst question ever. Okay, but it's a good transition. So, would you rather jump out of a plane and have your parachute <laughs> not work, <laughs> or I don't even know who you don't like? Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's probably there's probably no one I have that much animosity towards. <laughs> I'm trying to think who has screwed you over in bracket challenges in the past. I mean, Opelka's done that a lot, but I probably yeah, still yeah, pick him. But you still like Opelka. Yeah, I'd still pick him. Man. Yeah, and Opelka has a pretty good seed. I noticed he's got um, a really good with. seed. Oh, yeah. Man. And the annoying thing is, he does he plays terribly at Wimbledon, so you know he's going to lose first round. I don't want to give doesn't you make any sense for your bracket challenge, but he's not going to win the first round. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so interested to see what kind of draw he gets. It doesn't make sense why he's not good. A bomb. The big servers are supposed to be like shoe for a couple to, rounds. Yeah, and he's. I mean, he has such a, I don't know. He's got a big forehand, too. Like, he's got big ground strokes that can complement the big serve on a fast surface like this. And he just and he just tanks every time. Oh. <laughs> I think it's got something to do with the reaction time. I don't know. I don't know what it is, honestly. It doesn't make any yeah, sense. I, it, yeah. The movement, maybe. Something about it just hasn't hasn't clicked. But we'll get there. I mean, we'll get to the seating. So yeah. those are the two questions. It's a good transition from the broken ankle. We haven't talked about Roland Girl since we last met in person. So let's touch on that briefly because it's worth um, yeah, really celebrating the giant victory of Rafa there at Roland Garros. Um, and I also think we should touch briefly on what was probably one of the most dramatic tennis injuries that's ever happened, I think. I mean, I've never seen somebody get carted off the court before. He didn't get carted off as a wheelchair, but still, it was pretty intense when they took him away, and um, he definitely, it wasn't a flop. I mean, now he's out for, what, four months or something with pretty serious um, connection of tears or something like that in his foot and his ankle. So that's Varev we're speaking of after he was in a really tight match with Rafa where it kind of seemed like could have gone either way depending on how that set finished but yeah then we got rafa taking out joker making it all the way through pretty much crushing the bad matchup for rude um since rude is just kind of like a mini rafa that didn't really work out but um yeah now he's way out in front and he's halfway towards the grand slam towards a calendar slam so as a longtime rafa fan i mean you got to be feeling pretty good about that one I am feeling pretty good about that one. Um, <laughs> I was pretty <laughs> shocked to see him beat Djokovic. That to me, like that was the thing was where I was like, oh, he's going to win this now. Like, I know he had Zverev and that was an extremely competitive match. Um, he had to come back from like, he was down four or five points in that first set tiebreaker to win it. So he, I mean, by the narrowest of margins, won that first set. And then the second one, was very weird in that they exchanged breaks almost exclusively during that set. So I don't really know how that one would have made out, but it looked like it was going to a breaker as well. And I would I would teeter on Nadal just based on his experience. And of course, that's his favorite court. Um, but, you know, with Zverev's injury, you just don't know during, with that match. But the fact that he was able to get through Djokovic in the condition that he was in um, was... I mean, I, it was incredible, to be honest with you. Um, it was, yeah. It just, yeah. I Djokovic was looking for blood, didn't get it to play Australian Open. Um, that second set from him, from Djokovic, looked 
very good. That's why I was like, oh, here we go. Here's Djokovic, a la last year when he lost the first set, then he came back, won the next three in dominating fashion. That was um, classic Djokovic. That was classic yeah. Djokovic. I thought, too, but, he was going to pull it out from there. I thought, for sure. And when I say dominating fashion, I don't mean he crushed him last year. I'm just saying Djokovic was playing lights out, like what he does, you know, one of the greatest of all time um, doing what he does. So it was it was giving me PTSD, but he ended up getting through that. It was awesome. And then, yeah, in the final, I I was like, Rafa would probably win this on one foot, to be honest with you, because, yeah, Rude is kind of the poor man's Rafa in that he um, does well on clay with his heavy heavy forehand topspin, um, but, you know, not much of a backhand. You saw Rafa picking on that with pretty good results throughout the whole match. Um, didn't get a lot of luck on a serve because Rafa returned so well, especially on clay. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't too much of a match. But he definitely worked to get there. Um, so I, I think it was a solid win, you know, for all the haters out there saying, he didn't have to go through Djokovic at the Australian Open. I definitely think this one counts. So it's awesome to see him at 22. Um, my 21 shirt is now outdated as a matter of months. So <laughs> that's kind of lame. But uh, maybe they'll make a new one. Anyway. It's like having a vintage shirt. And I like what you said about, you know, Rude being a poor man's Rafa. It's exactly like how Tommy Paul is like a poor man's Agassi. Yeah, I know. But it's a, <laughs> but it's a legit comparison, whereas you just pulled that out of thin air. Well, no credibility. There is, there is credibility there, and um, it was a great t- tournament from Rafa, <laughs> no, no doubt about that. So, yeah, I think the other crazy thing is like when you read about uh, these injections that he's been getting in his foot, right? Like these nerve-numbing yeah. things before every match to make it playable. I believe he said. Right, that now he's going to move away from those, or he's going to try not to use them and use a mix of like painkillers, maybe some other types of therapy on the grass. Um, well, so it's I can be really interesting you, to see what it goes to. Oh, we got something. I can give you some small insight on this because I actually watched Ooh. a YouTube video from a foot doctor um, who was like breaking down the whole thing. And basically, there were some releases on. So he had surgery before um, getting to Wimbledon here. And that surgery, what it did is it, there's three nerves on the going kind of along the top of your foot. And there's one major nerve that goes behind kind of by your Achilles tendon, kind of like under the foot. I I think Mm. I could be wrong, but basically what he's, what surgery that he just had was to block the nerves, those three nerves on top. So now he just has that main one underneath, which I don't think is as affected by his um, syndrome as those other ones. So it it mimics the injections that he was having at Roland Garros, where he would get injected in those top three nerves of the foot to numb those so he couldn't feel the pain. And this essentially kind of just is killing the nerves. So it's it's like the injections, but more of a permanent form, which it's kind of crazy that he's willing to do that. Um, <laughs> it it He's practicing again, so that's good. There was mm-hmm. a question as to how effective it would be, but it looks like he's still able to, you know, at least give it a shot. Um, and we know he, if this, this is going to function the exact same way, then he's capable of still winning grand slams this way. Cause he just did. So, um, you know, it also bodes well for 
people questioning his motivation to continue playing. Like he wouldn't do this if he didn't want to stick around for another, you know, handful of years. There's been a lot more talk recently. I get all this news because I follow like pages, <laughs> but there's been more talk about, oh, is he going to retire this year? Is he going to, um, you know, this and that, just the same old, same old, but a little bit more now because he had so many foot uh, problems at Roland Garros and uh, the surgery yeah. at the end of last year. But um, No, I think this is okay. a good sign. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of the insight on what, what happened there. Okay, very interesting. I feel like him at a Grand Slam this year is... Don't count him out because he, I mean, yeah. that Medvedev comeback was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And taking out Joker, yeah. like you said, at Roland Garros without really getting into too much trouble after that second set was also really impressive. So mm-hmm. we, he's won Wimbledon twice. So he's on he's on the docket for that one for sure. He has. Um, and I wouldn't count him out because he's he's won it twice, but he's also made a plethora of finals he just always has to go against Federer or Djokovic who are exactly undeniably better grass court players than he is but still like outside of those guys who else (laughs) would be you know so yeah I wouldn't count him out um I will say though that if he ends up getting the calendar grand slam uh I he can totally retire in my eyes and I'd be totally fine with that (laughs) what a way to feel like yeah I mean that's that's pure speculation but if he were to get to 24 by then you know and have all these tournaments locked up even a Djokovic in prime form is probably not going to catch him so that would be unbelievable if he could really pull that off but you got to think like at this point he's relentlessly competitive so that's got to be the main reason Mm -hmm. he's deciding to go for it despite this this foot thing but it's within reach you know it's like why not try it um he has literally nothing to lose he's still going to be ahead in the slam count and having an incredible year no matter what so I don't think anybody would really expect him to pull it off and win Wimbledon, but he's definitely in the running for a, a deep journey to the second week. Absolutely. So let's move on over towards Wimbledon then. Um, first, maybe we do a little bit of a roundup on the grass court lead-in tournaments that have been taking place. So there's a whole bunch of them on the ATP side. They're still going on actually right up into Wimbledon. So some of the key highlights that we had here, the Boss Open in Stuttgart was won by Berrettini, BK Nini. He is also the top sponsored player by Hugo Boss. So yeah, I noticed you that. Tell, <laughs> you tell me, Evan, if that's a conspiracy or not. But <laughs> uh, I guess it doesn't matter because he came back and won the Cinch Open later as well. Right. Um, and when we get to the seeds, I mean, you know, he's last year's finalist, right, from Wimbledon. Well, it was last year when mm-hmm. he made that. Yeah, and yep. he's you know, very, very good on grass. He's got a great game for it. So we also had in, in the, the, the Dutch tournament, Seher Togenbosch um, in the Netherlands, Tim van Richeven, um, the I think the local guy, like a the young guy who had a sort of like Cinderella run at that tournament, ended up winning it, which is really cool. Yeah, that was um, crazy. That doesn't happen very often, so that was awesome. Um, in Halle, back in Germany, Herkoch made it through. Big wins for him. Um, he looks really solid as well, so that's a big win. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you look at the tournaments that are still happening, we have the beautiful Majorca Open, which looks like a great place to watch tennis in general, but a grass court tournament there is especially cool. Um, and this is kind of like the last hurrah of some of the... Um, players that won't be allowed to play Wimbledon like Ivashka's in that draw yeah, Medi's yeah. there um, Karatsev's in it and I think Karatsev's going to play Medvedev now which will be a pretty yeah, fun match to follow it's been a while since we've seen that one 
Um, I don't think Rublev is in that one, but there's those guys. We also got Kyrgios out there. Jerome, Chapo, Banzai, Mochan, PCB, RBA. A lot of good like mid-ranked guys, and then Tsitsipas is the two-seed under Medvedev. So a lot of guys playing out there. And I think that's where Rafa is likely doing some training as well. Maybe I read that. I don't know. Because that's like where he's, yeah. where he's out there. He, okay. Yep. He's He had a couple days there, and he's at Wimbledon yesterday monday i think he said he was going to london okay okay i see so that's that's what we got going out in mallorca and then we got the eastbourne tournament so another lead up in the uk and this is like yeah um call of the british there's a ton of people in there um and also some aussies but you know namely we got cam nori someone named jake lark dan evans is out there jack draper actually rocked Jensen Brooksby and Jensen Brooksby talk about, Ugh. never mind. We're not, we're not going to get to him being let down of the year. That's completely unfair, yeah. but for being the guy that was supposed to like blow everybody's minds this year, I mean, he is in a rut now. I hope, I hope he can get something going for Wimbledon because he's had a rough season. I think um, T-Pain is there. Like I mentioned, took out Serendolo unbelievable in three sets. So that's pretty cool. Um, we also have, Sanego, Demon is there, and Fritz. Fritz is there. So we'll have to see how he's doing because he is the top-seeded American, I think, going into Wimbledon just by nature of his ranking. So, um, And Korda, who unfortunately got beat by Millman. But that's what's happening over there. And the ATP has told us that this is the rise of Ryan Penniston, if you're pronouncing that uh, correctly. So he is... <laughs> also cruising we'll leave that up to the listener you can do your own research about ryan penniston and just you can understand that that uh name however you want so yeah but he did have a really good run um at the tournament before this and he took out rune which is also no joke considering rune's in pretty good form right now so a lot of interesting matchups and i think you know looking now towards or evan did you have anything to add on these these lead-ups or the eastbourne tournament perhaps before we switch over um no, not really. I'm glad you brought up Peniston. Uh, <laughs> there it is, folks. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Looks like he's playing my my main man, Pedro Martinez, the Tommy Paul killer in the uh, next round. So that'll be fun to watch. <laughs> um, yeah. What if Tommy Paul beats Yannick Sinner? How great would that be? Oh, dude, man. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put money on that match. The annoying thing is that's possible right now. <laughs> With Sinner being the way that he's been. Yeah. It would. Yep. And then I'm never going to hear the end of it. I'm not putting any money down, but um, yeah. We'll just... He he would win that match and then lose to like uh, Duckworth, the qualifier coming through. Yeah. yeah, yeah he would. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Sinego got Duckworth, but uh, he would. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. He'd probably get Guardian, maybe. I don't think he'd beat any of those guys. So this is, that Serendolo win is probably probably what he got. <laughs> yeah, Fritz. Uh, Fritz should be good. Uh, as the in terms of like the top Americans, I would think he's probably one of the better ones on grass. He had a pretty good run last year, coming on off like immediately off uh, an injury, if I remember correctly. Right? Wasn't that Wimbledon? Yeah, I think so. I think it was. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully he'll be in better condition this year and can maybe make a deep run who knows um but we know it's going to be better than bro pelka probably Tommy paul <laughs> yeah yeah there's a very good chance of that one would hope and 
Yeah, okay, so let, you know, let's have a look now at the seeding for Wimbledon. Let's transition. So once these two tournaments are over, Mallorca and Eastbourne get to the weekend, and then we'll be into official Wimbledon territory. And um, so maybe a couple things. Uh, everybody, everybody knows this, uh, but maybe just to set the stage, Wimbledon this year, um, we mentioned it on, I think we talked about it, Evan, on the last episode, but no players from Russia or Belarus, I think it is, can play there. So that has made the seating very interesting um, right off the bat. And in addition to that, the ATP is not awarding any points, which I think, at least from what I can gather from the community, it, it hasn't affected like who's going to show up. I think more or less everybody who's allowed to play is is coming to play. So I don't think that's going to like um, put a damper on the tournament mood or reduce it in any way. But it is going to have an outcome in terms of ranking points later on in the year. That's for sure. And that'll be mm-hmm. interesting. But those are the two big things that I'm aware of that are currently in place. They don't have any kind of like vaccine rule. So that means, you know, for all you slam followers from earlier in the year, we got Joker back in the draw. Um and probably a handful of other people who are way less consequential than he is. Um, <laughs> but he, he would be the main one to pay attention to due to that rule. And um, yeah, so let's jump right into it, Evan. What's, what's your impression when you look at the top draws coming through on the men's side? And how do you think this is going to play out in the first week or so? Or what are your impressions? Um, well, my impression of the seeds are it is such an interesting uh, just how they all fell due to all the players being, uh, you know, quote unquote, banned from the tournament. Um, you know, you have Djokovic and Nadal one and two, which is expected because once you take out Zverev and uh, Medvedev, those are the top two guys and they should be. Now, Wimbledon, correct me if I'm wrong, they don't go based on the traditional like ATP ranking points, right? Correct. They, they have a system on top of it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And I think they also factor in like seniority or past titles and things like that mm. too. They have like yeah. kind of like not a favoritism system, but they have like, you can get some, uh, some one up points if you've done well, or if you've won the tournament in the past as well. Right. And um, yeah, and that's interesting because, you know, then there are those discrepancies of, well, you know, this could shake out differently. You know, they tend to give Federer like a. Sometimes I think he's have a, had a higher ranking than his um, ATP ranking, which is totally valid. He's won the tournament what eight times, so <laughs> I'm not arguing that at all. I'm just saying, you know, the seeds are not a hundred percent like uh, guessable from from where they were, from where they stand in the rankings. Anyway, um, they still kept Root at three, which was I personally didn't think they would do because he's more or less just come out and said i don't like playing on grass and i'm not good at it and then he he's also a bit of clay he yeah. is the medvedev yeah on grass and then he came out and he backed up his talk by losing in the first round <laughs> I think, but i think that was to van rithofen right it was it was to the, the crazy tournament. kid so it yeah. wasn't like a <laughs> the worst loss he possibly could have had as a one seed but um yeah, I think that is an extremely weak three seed. No disrespect. And then Sitsipas has also had his troubles at Wimbledon, and more or less on the grass, you could say he's obviously much stronger than Rude, um, and he should have a pretty good game on grass. He has a pretty pretty big serve plus one, um, really good forehand. But I think his slice gets him into trouble on the grass. Anyway, I think I I 
personally think the three and four seeds are, if I'm looking at it in a power ranking stance, weaker than the guys in five, six, seven, and eight, who are Elkaraz, <laughs> Felix, Auger, Aliassime, uh, Hubert Hercotch, and Berrettini, who I think, you know, could be right behind Djokovic and Nadal. So the way that the draws are going to work out are pretty interesting. I think the semifinals are not going to be one through four by any means. It's going to be making a uh, a bracket really fun for that. Um, so yeah, I think five through eight, Berrettini being in there, her catch I think is a top top four, maybe five right now, grass player easily. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, just really strong strong guys who are we're kind of in that middle range there in terms of the top seeds. Um, I will give an honorable mention to Shapovalov at the 13th seed and Chilich at the 14th seed, who Shapovalov has made, he made the semifinals last year, and Chilich has made at least one, maybe multiple finals. I remember he had one against Federer in 2017. Yeah, I think he might have made um, it twice. He might have made it twice. He's, anyways, he's, he's very good on both times. Yeah. yeah. Got a really tailor-made game for it as well. And he's coming off such a huge tournament at Roland Garros. As long as he's um, in good condition, he he should do well here. And uh, um, being at, respectively, the 13 and 14 spot there, they're going to be players you do not want to find come up in your round of 16, maybe quarterfinal draw there, you know? <laughs> so Yeah. Um, I think they're definitely a top 10 in terms of, power ranking on grass and then um i don't know where curios if he's even seated but he's going to be the other guy that's going to be a nightmare draw for anybody um, to get in an early round before like he goes out with some crazy injury because he's terribly conditioned so yeah <laughs> those are my uh <laughs> those are kind of my thoughts on the seeds what uh what are you thinking yeah, so I really like your points. I think just bouncing off of that, I guess after um, Kyrgios went out at Hala, I think he is going to be coming in unseated. Uh, but that honestly could could even be better for him because whoever he gets in terms of those, even if he picks up a high seed, I mean, he's going to be completely dangerous to play. Um, it'll be really interesting to see where he gets put. I doubt, given that they have a lot of like wiggle room as to where they put people, that they would match him up against one of the top guys early on. Um, but to some to some extent, they can't control all of that. It'll be a matter of where the chips fall and where the rankings are. So that'll be super interesting to see where he goes because that could wreck an entire quarter of the draw um, just from a seeds perspective. And um, yeah, I agree to your points about the five through eight being stronger. For me, it really feels like either Hercotch or Berrettini are probably the real three and four seed in this regard. Um, not to skip over Alcaraz either, but I just don't know. Right. We, we've seen him play really well, um, and obviously he's dangerous on any surface. Grass can be the tricky one, especially when you get into the second week um, to stay consistent on, but he has you know, the rip-your-face-off kind of game that would not hurt him on a really fast surface like grass. So yeah. I think there it'll come down a little bit more to the movement and the variety um, to see how well he can do. But this is a very exciting lineup because there's a lot of potential for upsets and also to see a few guys here also in the later stages of the draw maybe make some headway early on. Um, I was really like interested to see that Baez is, a, is the last seed on here, mm-hmm. that he is actually like seated now. 
Um, Isner sitting in the middle at 21, despite his age, is pretty cool. I mean, he's always a threat on grass. He's had some good experience here. We were talking earlier about Opelka, about his game just hasn't really translated, but he's not in a bad spot. And I'm just jumping through the, the U.S. guys here. You know, we have Opelka and then up to Fritz at the top-seeded American that we have right now. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we'll see. He, he could have a good run as well, has a good game for grass. And I think, like you said, we didn't see a whole lot of him the last time. So if he's in good shape, then that that could be interesting. Tiafo has had some runs here too, but he has not had a good run-up so far in these lead-in tournaments. He's been going out a little bit earlier, did lose some close matches. I think also that Stan showdown was pretty epic. That was a Stan probably, you know, yeah, coming back into that was a good match. Yeah. Um, other guys that I like on the bottom half who could make a good run um, would be like Dan Evans um, with the slice, the chip and charge. He might have a good run at it, also being more of a hometown thing. But the other guy I wanted to mention here who I don't think is on the seating list, but I believe is is still planning to play is Andy Murray, right? So, yeah, he's not he, he will probably have like, uh, I don't know, I can't imagine that they'd give him a crazy draw up front or we'll we'll see where they put him but he's had a really good run up he looked very good in stuttgart actually um and we know he's a huge threat on grass it when he's you know physically fit from the past his game is kind of a whole different a whole different um combination of things now with that hip but i think you also really can't count him out to make a small run just because of the history that he has there depending on what kind of draw he gets um i think if he picked up any of these guys between say 10 and 25 taking out maybe Shapovalov and I think Chilich as well would not be realistic but aside from that there's a lot of guys in there if he got him early we'd probably have a chance or he could beat him you know especially if he gets yep. like Brooksby Paul or Baez I mean that's that's doable <laughs> depending on when oh, they yeah. meet each other so yeah wow, they're and, Paul under the bus <laughs> well he, He's not going to beat Andy Murray at Wimbledon. I mean, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Gosh, sure he does. <laughs> Can you imagine? That that would be like a, a softball for Murray. Oh, I got Tommy Paul. Like, I, mean, yeah. I guess it would be a battle, but still, it. I I think he would much more want that than you know, kind of like a maestro, like a Dimitrov or definitely Shapovalov, who's if he's playing well, can beat basically anybody. So, um. It'll be interesting to see where he lands. And I just wanted to add also on the Chilich thing, I agree that he could be a real dark horse in this in this setup. I saw a short segment where Andy Roddick was arguing basically the same thing because he has a lot of experience on grass. He has the experience in the finals there. And I think one of the reasons he was doing so well at Roland Garros, from my view, is because he has that experience. So there's a lot of young players now that these seeds are all messed up too, or different, let's say not messed up. Um, where he is significantly older and experienced than so many yeah. people on the draw when it comes to Grand Slams. Um, so you really can't rule him out in this kind of environment. And I bet he'll be gunning for it. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm seeing. I can't wait to see the draw once it comes out. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, Chilich is one of those interesting guys who is in that era with the big three or whatever, where you know you have those guys who are essentially immortal, but then you have the normal folk like Nishikori, Kevin Anderson, those kind of guys <laughs> you can tell are getting older. Kevin Anderson's announced his retirement like they're, they're But Chilich is still competing at a high level and people just forget about him. He kind of slips through the cracks. 
He does. He does. And uh, they don't ever put him on the list as being like a Murray Wawrinka caliber who also made it that far. But he's, he's a Grand Slam champion, too. You know, like he, he yeah. made it through um, and has he did that in the crazy era. So you really can't rule yeah. him out. The last guy I want to mention here, Evan, who is not on this list, definitely is not on this list. But let me just verify. Peanutson. Well, he's going to be, you know, shooing for the third <laughs> round. But, uh, oh gosh, I, I just want to confirm that he's actually playing, but it's Sam Query. That's who I'm talking about. And I, oh, Query. Would, ass- yeah. I would assume he is playing, but um, you really, if he's showing up, I mean, he, it's been so, and he's really not having good success on basically any other in no. at all. I mean, he's probably towards the tail end. He's, he's up there. Um, but it would be crazy if he was able to get in and make any kind of run. I wonder if he'll get, you know, like a wild card or he'll get into the draws considering he's done well in the past. But we all remember the epic Djokovic takedown. Yeah, yeah. Which Query achieved, which is arguably probably one of the biggest U.S. tennis victories that has happened in <laughs> yeah. like the modern era. <laughs> Just all things considered. Since I mean, that was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah since Roddick. <laughs> Because at a slam, I can't remember when a U.S. guy has pulled that off. You know, we've had some guys get close, but that was yeah. incredible. I remember Total Marty underdog. Fish beating Federer one time, and we were like, what in the world just happened? Yeah, that was on that but, Marty Fish, like, wild yeah. uh, run-up. Marty Fish went also, into his... Yeah, a top 10 player. So it was Query, yeah. though, after that win, I think. So, yeah. I think he was. I mean, that was like a pinnacle moment to the semifinals. And there was a chance that he could end up going to the final. Like it opened up the draw so much at that point. When was that 2016? Yeah. I want to say after he got through that match, then he played some marathon match later on Mm. with, it was like with Kevin Anderson or something, I swear. But it was like a really, really long match that he ended up losing, I think. And it was extremely close. It was one of those like, you know, double-digit, five-set finishers. Stand by. Stand by. Sam Query. Is this the year? Oh, no. Was it 17? Maybe it was when Djokovic had all those weird issues. (laughs) Which time? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What in the world? No, 2017, Sam Query beat Andy Murray. That's crazy. That was a five-setter, too, right? Then he lost to Chilich, who then Chilich went on to beat Federer, or lose to Federer in the final. So, yeah, Sam Query was in the semifinals in 17, but maybe he didn't beat Djokovic to get there. Well, anyways. Maybe a different year. Yeah, not going to come through for you on that one. But uh, he did beat Djokovic here, right? I'm not crazy. We're not crazy. This is going to be a great segment if he actually had to play qualifiers <laughs> and, and doesn't even get in the tournament. Oh, okay, <laughs> it was. It was 2016, but he beat him in the round of 32. Four sets. Yeah, crazy. And beat, went on to beat Mahout and lose to Raonic in that tournament. Yeah. Okay, okay, so it was super early. Raonic, there's another yeah, guy who used... He made the guy. final here at Wimbledon once, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, because then he went on and beat Federer in the semifinals. But, man, man, man. Milos Raonic, he's got to make it back out there, that bandana. <laughs> yeah, good old Raonic. We were just talking about him the other day. Yeah. I was just watching, uh, 
I watched like one Laver Cup video on YouTube. So then they started like the algorithm fed me all the other Laver Cup videos they could possibly <laughs> find. <laughs> and I found the one where he was playing Rafa at the one that we went to. We didn't see that match. But um, that made rem- me like remember Raudic was even, you know, around still. He's such a quiet guy, I swear. Such a quiet guy, yeah. So easy to yeah, overlook think- him for a guy that was so good most of the time when he was playing. I mean, he was consistent he was. He, top player. He was a he made it to number 3 in the world, I think, cuz he ended up I don't know. He he yeah, I don't know. He had some really good string of results and you know, this is one of them. Probably 2016 is when he made it to number 3, getting to the final of Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah. He had that period of 5 years where he consistently made the second week of majors and that's yeah. how those guys really start getting into the top ranking points. Yeah, and you know, I've, I've clicked on his page now. He has dropped to 328 in the ranking points. Wow. But he's only 31, which is, in today's game, is not super old. Like, I mean, even Query is probably, what, 34 at this point. So I, yeah, think, I think so. If he can manage to come back, he's probably still got a couple good years left in him. Maybe we'll be seeing around back at Wimbledon one of these years. Who knows? Who knows, yeah. Him and Peniston for the title. It'll be great. <laughs> if we have to put up with this name for a long time, which now it's looking like we will because he's doing well, then Better I guess we'll just going to... Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, okay. that's Moving a wrap along. on the, the Wimbledon outlook. We don't have the draw yet, so... Um, no draw, but we will be doing draws of our own so when we have our next episode whether that be mid-tournament or end of the tournament there will still be a draw challenge exactly we're going to be busy going into the beginning of wimbledon so unfortunately don't expect a pr- another preview episode going in there but for listeners out there if you're going to use this um lackluster analysis just take what you heard today because you will not be getting anything else uh prior to the <laughs> tournament but yeah, we'll be back, um, like you said, Evan, uh, maybe mid-tournament or latest at the end of the tournament, we'll be checking in. So as always, if you made it this far and if you want any kind of free changeover stuff, feel free to write us an email. Um, give us a like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Have a great day. <laughs> And don't forget. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Americans, don't forget to look up Tommy Paul Agassi comparisons. I guarantee you there's a smorgasbord of stuff out there. I've never looked at that myself. So now I'm going to go do that after this. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I could be onto something. I'm going to, yeah, you're going to have to make me pull up a video of Tommy Paul (laughs) because it's going to drive me nuts probably gonna drive me nuts now too it's real all right cool 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 awesome well um yes we'll be back soon and uh i don't know you already said the outro i don't know this podcast is like four times (laughs) (laughs) thanks everybody bye